Welcome to Dungeons and Badassery. I'm your host and Dungeon Master Robbie. Joining me is Nassar, playing as Ongbai. Drew, playing as Robin Lancaster. Grace, playing as Malon Von Marion. And you might know him from your favorite podcast, I Don't Know Dude. Joining me is Jeremy, playing as Gato Estudo. And we open on a conversation between three people just outside of the town of Havelford. We see two tabaxi, one an older gentleman and his young son. The third, Nassar, would you like to describe your character? The third individual is a stark contrast to two furry tabaxi. This githyanki is yellow of skin with black checkered markings along the cheek and forehead. Long, silvery hair tied back into a ponytail rests upon a scaled cape, matching with a brilliant scale armor. This githyanki, named Ong Bai, is fairly wizened and older. His cheeks sag. There are visible, darkened bags underneath his eyes and many, many years behind them. So you're looking to join the Tinkerers. What makes you think that we would take you? My fellow cat man, I am Ong Bai. And I can assure you that I have the knowledge of the timeless city of Tunarath at my disposal. What is it? Tuno? What? Don't you be bullshitting me. Ah, you. Forget I said anything. Perhaps I could speak of my accolades then. Forget the fact that I have ridden on dragons through the astral planes. I am a great inventor, and even here on the material realm, I have come across many who have gazed upon the greatness with which my intellect can provide. Beside me is my companion here, you can notice that this animal on four legs is not of flesh and bone like you and I. It is made of metal and stone. You, you made this. I have made it with the very tools that you seem to possess on your person. Well, they don't call us the Tinkerers for nothing. We too are capable of making non-organic life, so to speak. Look. Will you sweeten the deal for us? Sure, yes. You know, you aren't actually the first tabaxi that I've met. Ah, a fellow wanderer. There's not much of us left. How did you meet this tabaxi? If there is not many of you, perhaps you would know him by name. I have known him as... Gado Estudo. God damn it. In another time, in another place, we open on a tavern. The tavern is 
run down and not filled with the best kind of folk. Inside, at the bar, we see... Jeremy, would you like to describe your character? Can do, Robbie. Can do. Uh, well, as you know, tabaxis are rare. So anytime they enter a place, it's definitely all eyes are on them. Uh, Gatto happens to be of the tall side of his race. He is the tallest tabaxi can be, seven foot. He is all black save for two orange stripes that go down both arms and orange accents around his eyes, almost what you would think would be crow's feet to somewhat show his age. He has one earring on his right ear and his left hand is adorned with rings on every finger. Dressed in pretty plain clothes and a green hood. Awesome. And who's Gato talking to? He's talking to the the barman. We're gonna get you. I'll take a tanker to milk. The barman pauses. He kind of looks looks at some of, some of his fellow staff, gives them kind of a shrug. They shrug back, and he goes. Uh, we usually only carry that in uh, kitty sizes, but we could. I'm no just, offense. I, I didn't no, mean it. I'm just so, combine them to make one. Uh, right away, sir. And he steps out back. A m- couple of moments later, he comes back with a tanker to milk, and he hands it to you. And he goes, uh, "Enjoy." Um, if you don't mind me asking, we don't get a lot of. Uh, I, I don't folk like you around here. I hope that's not offensive to you, but what uh, what brings you here? What, what are you in town for? Well, it's funny you should ask. I don't fully know myself. Sometimes I wake up or come to random places not knowing exactly who I am other than I'm Gatto. Sometimes I have flashbacks of what it seems to be his past lives. Could be me stealing. Could be me casting spells. Sometimes I play the fiddle. But this particular time I've come to in your town here and I'm able to cast a certain type of magic. And we fade to black. And we're back at the camp. This time, you notice that this isn't an ordinary camp. It's not just tents around a fire. Sure, there are tents around a fire, but there are machines, tools, workbenches. These are men and women of technology. I see you have reactions for this Gado fellow, but that's, that's not my only connection, I swear. I, I have spent many years here on the material plane, a realm of yours, and have met uh, many people 
And wealthy ones. Yes. Wealthy ones. We can always use some fundraising. Yes. I have just the person apparently coming from a Von Marian family, I think. It was a strange person, but they had actually helped me out in finding what I needed to create Sebastian, my steely companion. And we fade out. So you want to pay me later? Why, why would I trust you to do that? Well, yes, I have vast amount of wealth just not on me right now. It's back into my family's estate. I'm Von Marion. We open back up on a bustling city marketplace. We see two men haggling over wine. Andrew, would you like to describe your character? Yes, I can. Uh, Malin Von Marion is a purple tiefling. He is dressed in black with like black leather armor with gold inlays, gold and silver inlays worked out throughout it, along with like red sashes and the such. He has rings all over his fingers, not like probably three or four on each hand. He has many earrings, also like mainly different precious metals hooped. And if you look, you can see his horns are both, one is dipped in gold and the other is dipped in silver. He's very regal. Uh, he has shoulder length black hair that is slicked back. He's about like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, in his late 20s, early 30s. Hell yeah. Oh. I have heard of the Von Marians. Yes, they're a well-known, well-known family. But you don't have... Oh, I left it. No, I went out exploring uh, the marketplace, and I just I love the view of this wine. It looks very aged and smoky, and my family would love that. And I want to surprise them, but I don't want to go back, ask them for money, and then ruin the surprise. Why don't you roll a deception check? First roll of the game. That is an eighteen. The merchant looks at you and he goes, well, would you, would you maybe put in a good word for me? Of course, of course. I put in a good word for all great wine merchants. Oh man, if I could supply one of the Von Marion parties, I'd be loaded. You would be, and you'd have a great name on your shoulder. Okay, what do you want? How much do you want? Uh, A cast, four bottles, five? I'm, I'm, I'm making an even six. I'll fill the tray for you. Sure. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. And hold on. Let me... I have one gold. Would you like it for, like, yourself? No, no. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah. You'll pay me later. I got you. I will. Of course, I'll come back first thing tomorrow morning. And he gives you six flasks of fine wine. Merlin grabs it, and he... Waves, he says, thank you very much. And he walks away, and as he goes around the corner, he drops a whole act and lowers his shoulders. And he's like, I can't believe that worked. (laughs) Fade to black. Um, Star white. (laughs) The scene opens, and we're back with the tabaxis and Ong. Dad, 
Daddy, this is boring. Uh, the younger Tabaxi says. Why can't we play with his little doggy? Wait, please. Not, uh, I need only a few more moments of your time. You, tiny thing. I have met other uh, such progeny, such as this, you know, small spawns of yours here on the material realm. Daddy wants a spawn. Oh, right. I, uh. Ong Bai will lean over and look down towards the child. And face to face, he will stare directly and say, Little feline. Daddy, I'm scared. You know, I see great potential in you. I have met many tiny things. Uh, versions of taller mortals that possess great intelligence. In fact, I know one to be the greatest detective in the world. And we fade to black. As the camera pans onto the scene, you see a small boy. Would you like to describe him? Yeah, sure. Um, Robin Lancaster is a human boy. He's 12 years old and five feet tall. He is olive skin and dark, frizzy hair, sort of just unkempt. Um, his brown eyes and is adorned sort of in more of a scholar's outfit that's definitely looking a little more worse for wear and a tattered traveler's cloak and a adventurer's pack that definitely a little too big for his body. It's sort of like as he moves around, he has to make sure he doesn't tip over from the weight. You hear, hear like the shuffling. Good Foley work, I know. Hi, sir. Uh, my my name is uh, Robin Robin Lancaster, and uh, I'm here to apply for my private investigation license. Here you can see I have the 1074 properly filled out. Um, the address is a little bit. It's it's a work in progress, but I think it should work for for mailing purposes. And we zoom out and we see that Robin is on his tippy toes up against a a, a glass window um, inside of a rundown police station. Um, there's a guard behind the glass, and they seem to be the only two, uh, in this facility. Wait, what, what form did you say you had? Uh, the, the 1074? I'm, pr I'm pretty sure I have that, right? What are you, like, 12? Yeah, what's it to you? You're <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, I ain't your daddy, but... You never seen a kid figure things out before? Uh... I'm a man of the law, I don't think I... No? No, I think... I don't well, think look, so. I, I understand why one would be res reserved about this, but let me, let me tell you a little bit about myself. That might help. Uh, you know, yeah, like I said, my, my name is Lancaster. You might you might recognize that by by the great wizard Ernest Lancaster. You know, I I, I tutelaged under him for for two years. And I know normally you go for like ten, but 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty smart for my age. And he was just so proud of me that he was like, you should just go out there and, and do it. <laughs> the guard loses you at the word tutelage and has no idea what you just said to him. Uh, what? what? You, you're the wizard in the, at the school? You got, you got a school there, Bob? Yeah, the the College of Clairvoyance in Zahn. You've heard of it, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Are you truant right now? Do you need to be escorted down? Truant is a strong word, you know? <laughs> All right, we're, we're getting a little off track here. So how about, how about we do this? Let me just show how good of a detective I am. Uh, all right. Now, I, I happen to notice that you have quite a, a lovely outfit, if I do say so myself. I mean, what that inlet, that inlet ruby on? ring on your index finger is just truly like, we have some wealthy people at the college, you know. They, they get a lot, of, a lot of funding, but I've never seen one like that before. Your robe, exquisite, exquisite, spotless. That must mean that this is your indoor robe. There's no way you could keep that so clean. <laughs> that lovely painting, that portrait of your family, you, your beautiful wife. What's her, what's your wife's name? Oh, that's that's uh, that's Clarice. Wow, that's incredible. And eight kids. I'd ask for their names, but that that could take a while. But let me get let me get to the to the chase, okay? I don't believe that your items are above board. What are you trying to say, man? I'm saying that you're a dirty little thief. <laughs> and unless you want me spilling the beans, I suggest that you let me get on my merry way. <laughs> um, roll a persuasion check. Uh, with advantage. Well... <laughs> Thirteen. Uh, uh, okay. You have a really um, you have a compelling argument. All right, Maybe all right. Sweet the deal, sweeten the deal a little bit. All right, all right. I I see, I see. You're. I'll give you this. You're a good grifter. I respect that. I respect the hustle. You know, I'm out here on the road by myself at twelve. I I understand that. I get you. I truly I I see you, and I hope that. Other people see you too. Your eight kids and whatnot. Anywho, I have from here a lovely, lovely ring that I think would match your ruby one perfectly. And you see that Robin holds out a little golden ring with a modest sapphire gemstone. He says, now, this looks a little small, but it was crafted by an artificer friend of mine. And actually it has some interesting, some interesting properties. Primarily that it's that it's magnetic, and I stick it to his nameplate. <laughs> Just sort of quivers there, and I'm like, you know, these sort of little trinkets they have they have a high value. He, the guard, says nothing, turns to a drawer, rummages around, and comes back. He's hand, he sticks one hand, open palm, face up under the glass and the other he has a license with no name and he he then says no just just make sure you get out of here quickly all right we'll do 
And you see Robin has to like, he, he reaches, but he's not quite tall enough for it. So he's got to do a little bit of a jump to get there. It's like maybe this, the third try that he gets it. There's a lot of clanking going around. You know, he might, he, I think he drops like a magnifying glass or something during it. So like he grabs the PI license, has to like immediately hunch over and like start scooping up the things that he dropped and then just sort of scurries out. Sort of a, wow, I can't believe that worked. And we fade to black. And for the final time, we fade back to the camp. Wow, he sounds really impressive. Yes, yeah, son, he does. Ong, um, how badly do you want this? Ong Bai looks to the nearby surroundings, to the road behind him, and to the steel defender beside him, Sebastian who seems to be presenting a cleaner front. From Ongbaip's perspective, on the backside, Sebastian is nearly falling apart. Pieces, screws, rusted over, moss building up, mud and likely crap is just built up in all sorts of places. And true to form, uh, behind Ongbai as well, also similarly covered in grime, dirt and shit as well as a bunch of empty pouches and bags. Ong Bai is completely destitute. <laughs> but still presents to the tabaxi father. This wouldn't do. This doesn't have to be the only sort of place. I, I know many other people as well, but I feel like I have been traveling on the road for such long times, and these old, weary bones here, they, ow. Ah, they must find rest for a while. Here, I, I, I don't even have to join your ranks as a, as a tinkerer at first. I, I will even clean whatever, whatever I can, workshops, tools, the, the latrines, if needed. Uh, Let me stop you there, bud. Uh, you know, I really just need to know that you'd be dedicated. Let, let's get you settled in. And we fade to black. <clears throat> Gato, you wake up on the side of the road, wet, cold, Hung over. Hung over. Okay. Pissed, if you will. And as you open your eyes, you see a man walk by you, and you have a, f a, s a sense memory. Quickly, it doesn't linger that this might be someone important to you. Okay. Um, I'd like to follow him from a good distance so that he can't really uh, perceive that I'm around. Cool. Roll stealth. Yep. Mm. 11. Eleven. Okay. You, f you follow the man. Um, it's not too far that you have to follow him. Um, where you, you walk him, you watch him walk into uh, a building that you've probably never seen before. 
on the outside, you can see it's a sign, uh, sh shoddily hoisted. Um, maybe some of the letters are backwards. Uh, it says the Lancaster Agency. I look at the sign and I, I look at it for a while and then I just go, hmm. Okay. Bong, you walk into the Lancaster Agency and you see Malin and Robin sitting in their bullpen, going over papers, just chatting back and forth. What are you guys talking about? No, I don't know why you always expect me to grab the guy. I don't grab people. I talk to them. I open doors. I get the information. I don't grab. Look, look I think we've made the the strengths of our relationship very clear. I'm I'm the brains of this operation. And I'm, I'm, the I'm five feet tall. I need someone to chase after them. I think that's very clear. Yes, and frankly, I, I would like to circle back to why you keep trying to steal from the perpetrators. It's ruining our relationship with the police. It's ruining potential leads. And I just... I, I really think that it's a liability in this situation. I don't even know what the perpetrator is. I It's a person who does a crime. It's something you should be very familiar with. I do I do the things I do because I need the I need items for my collection. Uh, and I don't grab. I don't I don't grab. Robin Malin, if I may. Of course. Another one got away. Damn it! <laughs> See, I don't. All right, let's add talking too much to this list because, frankly, I don't remember why we said he should be the only one to get this guy. I I know we we're really swamped right now looking for leads, but that that seems like number one red flag. Yes, no, I I do agree that one person on this case. Twenty twenty, but oh, and uh, sorry, I was just enjoying this little bagel here. I found it on the way. You got the, a bagel? Oh, oh, you got it for free. I was, I was about to, no, I was about I, to. See, I got some for you as well. Spending, I, but I just I'm ate not, them on the way. This thriftiness is really important. But you, uh, I, I think I might have attracted attention either with the delicious aroma of this bagel or perhaps they are connected otherwise. But uh, yes, the other bad no. news is I was followed. Oh. No more bagels? No more bagels. Ong, as you return to your spot in the bullpen and your conversation continues, um, the two front doors swing open. Enter Gato. You. Why do I know you? Who is this man? Point. Gato points to Ong. Cat. Not man. No, sorry, you're right. I apologize. I, I apologize. I didn't want to be rude. And for that reason, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I'm, I'm allergic to cat. I just, I can't. <laughs> Why is this child talking to me? <laughs> Why is this cat talking? It's very established seen... a 12-year-old child can talk. Cats seem to be the exception, not the rule. <laughs> I've never seen an allergy attack happen so fast. <laughs> Wait a minute. Gato. How the hell are you still alive? 
You know me? A really, really long time ago. Wait, 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 wait. You, you know the seven foot tall cat and you, you weren't sure who he was at first? I mean, I mean, in his defense. You, you work for a detective agency. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found the problem. I had three bagels on the way here. <laughs> They're not alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> God interjects. Fair question. Detective agency. What kind of fucking detective agency is this? A bad one. And this boy works here? He actually leads it. What? Yeah, no. I feel like this man, this cat, apologies, is... He's got gusto. As your conversation continues, you move into the bullpen. The four of you continue talking for a while. The banter seemingly never-ending. Hours pass. And yet again, the doors are flung open. A short, elven woman runs into the agency crying. My son! He's dead! Dungeons and Badassery has been an I Don't Know Dude production. Theme song by Strabi. All other music and sounds used with licensing from epidemicsound.com.